This week that we have been honestly waiting for all season long, Wyatt, maybe I shouldn't speak for you, but I've just been constantly looking at the calendar and saying, would this hurry up already? I just want to get into this spot where we know who will be playing in the UMAC Conference Tournament taking place in Mankato. As always, it was Ryan, it is Ryan alongside Wyatt. Wyatt, how you feeling on this tourney week? Happy tournament time. You know, I find it interesting that you lead with that, Ryan, because you're the one that's always thrown out the PJ Fleck quotes, the dream is in the process, and now you're telling me you just have been looking forward to this. I mean, we, we enjoyed it a long way. I just, I'm surprised to hear you say that. Normally, I'm the one that likes to look ahead to this kind of stuff, not you. You know why the saying goes, the truth sometimes hurts. So if that hurts people, then I'm, I'm sorry. And well, I apologize it, for that. It, but It doesn't hurt me. I, I don't know if it hurts our <laughs> listeners or you. I'm, I'm good. Hey, and advice. I'm just going to be straight up honest, Wyatt. I mean, this is really quick, and this was kind of a bizarre sprain, and it is honestly True. felt unlike any other sprain that I've experienced covering UMAC baseball. So the journey, I kind of soak it in a little more during the basketball season. Again, the truth may hurt people. I'm sorry. I'm just brutally honest, and we've talked about this before, where I'm a little more of a basketball guy. But I'm, I'm happy that we're here. All right? You know, what's happened in the past is nice, but we've been saying this for a few weeks, Wyatt. We've had a pretty good idea at what this field was going to look like. Now there was a question mark from this past weekend that we'll get into in a moment, but We've been looking forward to this for weeks, Wyatt. Come on, like let's be honest. Both you and I have circled this week and said, all right, we're going to look forward to getting to this time. 100%. 100%. And I'll just say right off the top, I think the four best teams this year made the conference tournament, and, and I don't even think there's really anything wow. up for debate in that. So I, I think we've got the best four teams in there, and now you kind of just let the madness unfold. It's May Madness. John Rothstein is sleeping, but we don't sleep in May, Ryan, so we still got to keep going. Yeah, take that, John. I agree. All right, we want to do uh, some quick brush strokes since I mentioned it uh, moments ago, alluding to it. Uh, Wyatt, there was no drama on Saturday out in Ashland, Wisconsin. Uh, kind of disappointing for those people who like drama, like myself and uh, like you predicted would happen uh, last week. But uh, Morris wins on Friday at Northland after falling to Bethany Lutheran. We weren't too surprised at that this past Thursday. They're able to get it done against Northland College, and I'm just going to say his name once more, Wyatt, all right? Name to watch. If Morris is going to do anything that is going to potentially raise some eyebrows this weekend in Mankato, it is going to be, in large part, on the backs of Brian Vanio. I've said mm -hmm. his name a few times, Wyatt. Don't forget the name. Complete game effort to get them over the fence and a Officially punched their ticket, nine innings, allowed three runs, two of them earned, punched out six. He's the guy. He's gone deep multiple times, and I think he's pitching his best when it matters most. He's had some really good starts here over the last chunk of weeks, and uh, he's got to be the guy, I think, for Morris, and it takes more than one guy. But as far as a starting pitcher that we look at and a guy who's gone deep multiple times over his last four starts, all eyes are on him as far as I'm concerned, and... Uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing him, I think, in their opening matchup of the tournament. So any takeaways from that uh, series with Northland? I mean, it's, it's a good season for Northland, Wyatt. I mean, when's the last time they've been in this spot going into the final weekend where they've had a chance to play their way in? 
yeah, it didn't work out, but uh, nonetheless, surprised some people, I think you could say. Yeah, no, absolutely, especially after the year before, and there was a couple years stretch in there where it hadn't been uh, the greatest for Northland. And I, I go back to, I think it was my freshman year or sophomore year, they were in the play-in game. Uh, the four or five, I think that was the last mm. time they made it. So yeah. it's you know it's been a while. So to be in this position, uh, they they had a great season. I would say they, I don't want to say overachieved because I mean I'm sure they knew they were capable of this, but they definitely surprised some people, like you kind of said. So hats off to them. Uh, I don't know if I should be mad at Morris because they did kill kind of the drama <laughs> vibe, and like we we at least got to have our one episode where we said there could be some. So I guess we at least had that. But yeah, they they really uh, took the wind out of the sails in game one and. Took it to him. And then on your comment with uh, Vanjoy, I, I mean, he, he's got to be the guy that they start in game one. We'll talk about that. But, I mean, he, he's the ace of the staff. I don't even think that's debatable. And uh, we'll, we'll get into that in our preview. But, yeah, it's going to be on the backs of him. And then uh, there's going to have to be multiple guys that obviously hit this time of the year. But uh, Bauman certainly uh, at the top will have to be the leader as well. So uh, congrats to the Cougars. Well-deserved and uh, excited to see what they can do here coming up in the next few days. We will definitely get to that in a moment. I mean, otherwise, Wyatt, uh, you know, Crown took two out of three against Superior. I mean, you and I said that we like the Jackets in that series, especially playing at home and with the pitching they have. And so I think one of the results, at least that sticks out to me, is what Crown was able to do in their victory. I believe it was the last game of the series, as my page is pulling up here. The Polar's taking two out of three on the road in that series. Let me see if I can find it here uh superior won the first ball game and then crown winning the next two so they got a good start from avs and their win uh four to three in the second game of the series obviously that's big he went against harbaugh avs threw seven innings led up three runs five punch outs just one walk i mean that's the recipe for crown when he goes out there later on this week he goes deep and then i mean it's literally perfect what you want if you're the polars he hands it over to jacob van dam a two inning save for him four punch outs and didn't let anyone reach base i mean that is exactly what you want if you're crown you could not draw it up better wyatt for a polar team to win a ball game against superior in which they only have six hits on the game very clean defensively no errors avs goes seven jvd closes it out i mean does it get any more ideal than that as far as the pitching goes for the polars no, not at all. And I mean, again, he he's going to be uh, the main guy in uh, Volkspec. He's going to have to do the majority of the work on the mound this year in the conference term. And now the Newman's gone. And we've kind of known that throughout the season that he's their ace, if you will, and the guy they're going to ride. But seriously, when was the last time you can look at a crown team and say they won a game only getting six hits? I mean, that that's where we need to pull up the numbers and, and, and really dive deep into this because I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, that's just remarkable that their pitching staff comes through against a team like Superior as well. So very impressive. I will say the one takeaway from this series, and again, we'll talk about it in the preview, there's a certain somebody that did not pitch in, in this series, yeah. Ryan. And uh, not that they... What's behind well, that? Well, exactly. And I mean, I think we know what's behind it to a certain extent, but we'll have a deeper conversation about why Ryan Rodriguez did not throw uh, in this series. But anyways... Uh, good for Crown to get it done. They still end up with the three seed. Nothing really changes, uh, but at least they say or show uh, they're more than capable of beating Superior now in that 2-3 matchup here this weekend. Just another name to keep an eye on, Wyatt, before uh, we move forward from what happened this past weekend. So only the game that they played on Saturday, and Crown's able to pick up the series win in a 4-1 to victory. 
I got to be honest, I, I knew next to nothing about this guy uh, going into the weekend. Jefferson Barmoy. And, I mean, we're looking for any arms past Aiden Volkspecht. And uh, this guy in this ball game, wide, I mean, he did everything you could ask for from a polar standpoint. Uh, he's a graduate out of... Virginia, six foot five, big dude, and he throws five innings, only allows one hit, one earned run, a pair of walks, and seven punch outs for the Polars. I mean, if they can get something like that from a number two, that's massive because I think it's pretty safe to say that there's been some more injury issues, unfortunately, for what they hope their number two would be in Tyler Van Sice. And I'm not going to comment on whether or not we'll see him this weekend. I don't really know, but he's had some struggles this year, hasn't gone the way that the Polars would have liked it to for. Uh, that right-hander and so they're gonna need a guy obviously Volkspeck can't start every single game so is it gonna be Barmoy potentially a guy who's got a lot of experience as a graduate and uh if he can shut down a lineup like Superior like that and even give you five innings and then hand it over to the bullpen from there and, and see what you can make happen but two really impressive wins from Crown White and the way that it happened and that they hold the jacket offense to just four combined runs in those two games and the polar offense doesn't explode and they find a way to win two games where they score just four runs so I think that's a big positive for Crown fans and I don't think you should be saying like ah oh, we need way more from our offense and this isn't good no because you know they can turn it on on the right day and if they get enough fastballs and can drive them I mean they can send some long balls out of the yard and put up some runs in a hurry so I think some good signs for uh, Polar supporters as they head into this weekend. You can absolutely make the case that it was more encouraging the way they won the games this weekend than if it would have been the other way around. I totally see what you're saying, just because we've seen what their offense can do, but we haven't really seen their pitching staff consistently step up and answer game after game, and they kind of did that against Superior. And like you said, uh, Barmoy, to be able to do that in that spot, that that's a big moment, and, and I would imagine... I mean, I'm running through their pitchers right now, and again, we don't know what the deal is with Van Sice necessarily. I don't really know who the number two is. You know what I mean? Like, who's? I mean, JVD out of the bullpen is obviously a guy, but he's not really a yep. starter. I know he started three games this year, but that's not where he's necessarily the most comfortable. So, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how Crown manages their pitching rotation uh, just kind of into this postseason, I guess. Yeah, Von Dracek feels like he's the other guy. He's a junior out of Cedar Rapids. He pitched the first game of the series, and, I mean, he was okay in that ball yeah. game for the Polars. He threw five innings and let up six runs, five of them earned. So, yeah, it's a question mark after AVS, but if they can just get something, like I said, even if yeah. it's only five or six innings to keep them in the game, that's big. Well, again, like we've always said, as the tournament goes longer and longer, that kind of benefits Crown if you have the best hitting lineup. We don't know if that's necessarily the case, but – they certainly can explode at any time. So, again, they just got to get enough out of their secondary guys. So it'll be very, very intriguing, that's for sure. I don't have much more to share on uh, this past weekend, Wyatt. I mean, those were the series that kind of stuck out that had something at play majorly. I mean, Bethany took care of business against North Central. I don't think any shocker there. And you and I both at least predicted that correctly, where we thought Superior was still going to get two out of three. They only got one, and so Bethany takes the number one seed Wyatt so uh, we knew months and months ahead of time that they would be the ones playing on their home field we didn't know they'd be the number one seed and so now it kind of uh, puts a bow on the whole thing for them to be riding in with some momentum and uh, I guess before we get to the matchups just what you saw this past weekend and what we've seen in totality this year I'll just ask you straight up is Bethany the team to beat great question um I 
I don't think they necessarily are. No. Okay. I still I still don't. And that's crazy to say cuz they just went 18 and 3 in conference play. They're 22 and 9 overall. They're riding a win streak. They're playing on their home turf. I get all of that. Yeah. But I don't think they are. I'll tell you why once we get to our preview and, and we start well, breaking yeah, and it two, down. Two but, out of uh, their three losses this season came to one team that uh, also may be mulling around the well, complex you know at uh, ISG Field. You so. know what, Ryan? Like I said, <laughs> we'll get to it <laughs> in a little bit. But well, what I'm more interested in is, I can't remember. I got to think back. What did we have for like the, the rankings when we did our like preseason? I gotta, I mean, I'm glad you asked. It was, it was you hear this paper? I got it right here. Is this a paper pop? Are you going to give me a paper pop? Nice. That was that? crisp. That was crisp. <laughs> that was crisp. Okay, so what do you got? I, I'm trying to remember. I think I had at least three of the teams correct. Yes, you had three of them correct. And, I had three of them correct and, as and, well. And we all know the one we missed. Obviously, Morris was the team we did not have in the field. Yep. And uh, Northwestern was the one that we did. But what order did we have them in? Kudos to you, Wyatt. You had Bethany winning the UMAC. You had Crown in second, and then you had Northwestern, and then you had the Jackets. So a little Boy. shuffling there, but you did have Bethany on top. I had Superior first, and then Crown, and then Bethany, and then Northwestern. So I didn't have the top correct. And then both you and I had Morris just barely on the outside looking in at the number five spot. And yeah. uh, apologies to the Lumberjack fans because I had Northland finishing last. So oh that's, my, it's a it's a tough L for me. Well, I have them not accurate. I have them. You seventh. had you you had them seventh. So yeah. I did. Who did I have? <laughs> I had Martin Luther sixth, right? Martin Luther sixth. Yeah, yeah that was central. A, that was a yep. swing and a miss. Unfortunately, <laughs> I thought they were going to take a step forward. Didn't didn't work out. But yep, oh well. we both did. Yeah. Anyways, no, I don't have anything else to say. I mean, that's that's what I would say. As we get into the preview, I mean, I'll ask you the same question, I guess, as far as who you think the team to beat is. But, I mean, you don't have to answer it now if you don't want to. Yeah, I would agree with you. I don't think uh, it's – because when we say, okay, they're the team to beat, I view that as they're just a step above and they're on another level than everyone else. And I truly don't feel like that's the case. And Vikings fans, players, coaches, who's ever listening to this, that's not really even taking a huge knock on your club – it's just how even things are this season, and you have as good a chance as any, and you could argue you have a better chance because you're in the friendly confines and you're the most comfortable and you're going to have the most fan support maybe, and you can add up all those things and say that's going to help us. But, yeah, again, we're going to get to it in a moment. But, yeah, you're 18-3, and three, but uh, look at those three losses, and uh, we'll get to more on what we need uh, mean on that, excuse me, in just a moment. Uh, we'll drop this real quick here before we get into our official predictions we're coming down the stretch. Uh, it is winding down, but we are uh, still taking any suggestions, uh, things that we can improve on, questions, comments, concerns, feedback well, you, about the product you, you listen you, to each week. Did you lose your train of thought there? Or what I did happened? there for a second on what I was going <laughs> to say exactly. Uh, basically, anything you want to send in, we'd love to hear from you. UAOTheUMAC at gmail.com or at UAOTheUMAC on Twitter. You can just search us unlike any other the UMAC. And just a quick plug, Wyatt, as far as logistics go for this weekend and how it's going to look different than past conference tournaments, this conversation that you and I are having for this recording is purely just on the predictions and not a lot of the other ancillary things and things that will attract all UMAC fans and uh, maybe whet their appetite a bit for what's going to happen later on this week. If you want that and more of a 5,000-foot view on the tournament as a whole that's not just matchup-driven then I would encourage you to listen to our last podcast in a conversation that somehow, some way, why we were able to carve out some time with the uh, assistant UMAC commissioner, Matt White. So uh, 
did that and would encourage you folks to listen to that if you want to hear how this event's going to be different because uh, we truly think it is going to be unlike any other UMAC tournament event. And uh, I say that, you know, not with quotations. It may sound like I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. It's going to be unlike anything else that we have seen. And uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, Lord willing, seeing it in person later on this week. Okay, now that's out of the way, Wyatt, we can get down to the uh, nuts and bolts, the details here of the predictions. Lots of pressure on uh, trying to paint the correct picture. So let's start, unless you want to go somewhere else, let's start with that first matchup. We hope, we can't guarantee, but we hope it will take place Thursday, somewhere near 4 p.m. Central Time with Superior taking on Crown. In that first ball game, Superior, the number two seed, and Crown College, the number three side, number three seed. Excuse me. I will give you honors on the tee box, sir, for uh, your prediction on this one. Okay, and to be clear, we're going to predict these two more in depth. We're also going to give just a brief little, you know, how we see the entire tournament playing out. Obviously, Correct. that's going to change over the course of the next few days, but just have it on the record before the tournament itself starts. So. I think Superior is the team to beat in this tournament, and here's why. I still think they have the best pitching staff, and I think this last weekend almost proves that because they're able to win one, and I understand they lost two of the three to Crown, but they almost won, you could argue, all three of those games, or they very easily could have, and they didn't even throw the best pitcher in the conference in Ryan Rodriguez. Now, I think we can both agree, Ryan. They probably specifically did that because they knew they were more than likely going to be playing Crown again in the 2-3 matchup here and didn't want them to see him, you know, five, four days, whatever it is, before they'd have to, you know, see him again. And obviously they've pitched him before against him going back to last year. So I don't know. What do you think about that decision, I guess, before I go yeah. too far as to why they didn't pitch him? Do you like that, or do you think that could get him out of his routine? What are your thoughts? I mean, obviously, we hope – I don't think there's an injury or anything that he's dealing yeah. with, but uh, it's just unique, or it's interesting he didn't get a start against Crown. Yeah, lots of great stuff there. I was going to ask you the same thing, Wyatt, on your thoughts on that whole situation because – we don't know. We don't have intel that's telling us that he has been dealing with a certain injury. I mean, if they are making that decision to rest him, I understand it. I don't fault them. But, you know, let's say, and again, this is hypothetical and I'm not wishing this to happen or anything, but it's definitely in the realm of the possibility. Let's say he lets up a couple homers in the first couple innings and he's going back into the dugout and saying, man, it's just taking me a get bit to get back into a groove because for those who don't know Wyatt, not only did he not pitch this past weekend, he isn't pitched yet this month. And so we're not too far into May. But the last time he threw was on April the 30th against uh, North Central in that ball game, And so that's a few Sundays ago. So by the time we roll around to Thursday, again, hoping that the tournament starts that day, I mean, that's a full week and a half off without game action. Is is This is his only start that he's missed, though, was against Crown, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yep. Because he wouldn't have pitched from the thirtieth anywhere in between till you know this past weekend, Friday or Saturday against Crown. Correct. So yeah, it's ju so it's just skipping one turn in the rotation. Correct. Yeah. So it is a long time, but it is you know just one scheduled start. So I, I mean, look at that however you want to. It, it's it is interesting. I mean, it, I don't really know if I like it or not. I get it because they're going to play him again and you don't want to have an opportunity for him to see him, I suppose. But 
I don't know. I, I wonder if that messes with a pitcher more than anything. And, and I mean, this is a guy that's been through everything. I mean, he's seen it all. He's done it all, obviously. So it, it's just, it, it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. And, and that is definitely at the top of the list of storylines, I think, leading into this game. The another one is that these are the two teams that were the last two standing last year in the yep. conference championship at Reynolds Field at Northwestern. Crown ended up getting the better of Superior. Actually came around the loser side, beat them twice, yeah. and were yeah. able to you know go to the NCAA tournament, lift the trophy. So you know you got to have revenge on your mind. One thing, if you're Superior, two, if you're Crown, you're saying, oh, we can do it again. We're we're more than comfortable doing it. We've done it. And so there's just a lot going into this game when I look at this matchup. It's interesting to me also that Superior was able to slow Crown down as much as they did. So so the way I look at it is if Ryan Rodriguez is the guy that starts, which I'm pretty sure he will be, I think we all are, I'd say Matt Tappy in a close game is the guy that's coming in out of the bullpen. Do you agree with you, that? I, I think you have to go your top. I, you got to win that first game. And, and yeah. he has been phenomenal. He was phenomenal in their win uh, against Crown here, 6-4, only give up two earned runs in that complete game. I mean, you could argue with the way things have been going this year, he's maybe the second best pitcher in the conference, Ryan. So you have to go to him, I feel like, if Rodriguez starts to struggle at all. Do you agree with that? That'd be really interesting. I mean, can you imagine that, Wyatt, if we have some runs early back and forth in that game and it's 2-2 in the second and you got Matt Tappy warming up in the bullpen in game one of the whole weekend? I mean, my oh my, what a storyline that would be and how soon you get the hook if you're Coach Oaks. Because like you said, Wyatt, I mean, each coaching staff will look at that differently. But if I'm reading you correctly, you're saying, like, don't worry about the whole weekend. Like, you have to do everything possible to win that game. And then you deal with the aftermath after the game. And you figure out, all right, who's up? What do we got as far as arms available? And, yeah, I mean, the stats this year for Rodriguez are kind of ridiculous. He's got a sub-2 ERA on the season. He's thrown the most innings at 60. Get this wide. 61 punch-outs to 9 walks. I mean, that ratio is nuts. Guess what, though? It's almost identical for Matt Tappy. He's thrown 55 innings, so 5 less. I just said 61 to 9. 60 punch-outs to just 10 walks for Matt Tappy. What does that mean, Wyatt? They're not going to give in to the opposition and just give you free passes. You're going to have to earn it at the plate. They throw strikes. They get ahead. They have good out stuff. And like you said, it may not be Matt Tappy that we first see in a starting spot. They hope it is because let's say Rodriguez goes pretty deep and he could definitely go the distance, but let's just say for, you know, hypothetical sake, he throws seven or eight innings and you're up by three or four runs. Do you fire the bullet of Matt Tappy in that spot? Or do you bring in some guy out of the bullpen that they like to try to shut the door in that ball game, whether it's a Ben Welly or someone else to say, all right, we want to save Tappy and have his arm fully rested to start game number two. We'll wait and see on that scenario, Wyatt. But, you know, there's no questions on Rodriguez. Yeah, he didn't pitch against the Polars, but if he's totally healthy and raring to go, which we hope he is and we have no reason to believe that he isn't, toughest test of the season was on that field at Bethany back on the 8th of April. Seven innings didn't allow any runs, just three hits, two walks, and five punch-outs. So he's done it, you can argue, Wyatt, in the toughest spot that you could pitch this season against what you could argue, as I stated last week on this pod, really could be the best offense up and down the lineup in this league this year, and he was dynamite in that ballgame. So you have to like your odds if you're superior. 
did you officially say they win? You said that, correct? Well, I think they're the team to beat. I haven't said if I think they're oh, going to okay. win or not officially. So on the other side for Crown, I mean, this is, you know, yep. a Volk spec spot. I mean, correct? I mean, I, I don't see how you can go anybody else well, in this position, but you're, you're maybe saying there is a case? This is where it's interesting, Wyatt. Everyone likes to play checkers. You feel comfortable playing checkers. I don't. We're easing don't, into the actually. weekend. You don't. <laughs> I, I, I've always thought that phrase is interesting. I'm more of a chess guy myself personally. But anyways, continue. For you, for you, chess is easier, actually. Like, your mind is more at ease playing chess, I, and you are <laughs> going through more scenarios playing I, checkers. I have, well, I understand. You know, checkers is a very simple game in that aspect. I've played more chess in my lifetime than checkers. Let's just put it that okay. way. Okay. Wow. Look at you, Wyatt. Wow. That's. Uh, I'm. I'm not even close to the same. I. I don't even really know how to play chess. But that's another conversation for another day. Okay. Uh, I brought all that up to say what. If you're crowned, do you maybe say, let's say Volkspec, or or is that ridiculous? And no, you say you got to throw your best arm the first game and and try to do all you can to win, just like we said with Superior. I mean, I've kind but of. But if you're pretty confident they're throwing Ryrod, do you? Do you not throw them? What do no, you do? I've, I've kind of already stated I think that'd be ludicrous to to not throw your ace in game one. Well, and here's why. I also think Superior is the team to beat, not Bethany. Not uh, Everybody doesn't necessarily view it that way, but you're facing just as tough of a team in the first round as you might in the next round anyways. So why why would you not be throwing Volkspec in that spot? If you lose, you guarantee having to win four games in a row to have to go and lift the trophy. If you win, you put yourself in a position where another win saves you at least one, if not two games of pitching potentially. Because you know, if you win both games, you're you're in a perfect spot to go win the whole thing. So you don't even give yourself that opportunity unless you win game one. I'm pitching my ace game one, especially in a spot where, you know, I think Superior is just as good, if not better than Bethany. That's fair. That's a good point. And then you could argue too, Wyatt, even if you lose that game, well, at least Volkspec through the first day so that well, yeah, you, hopefully if you're crown, if you work your way back out of the loser's bracket, he has more time to rest to come back. That is a good point too. I'm glad you brought that up because that absolutely plays part of it because as it's set up right now, and I mean, we don't know what the weather's going to do. It's a three-day tournament, meaning that you aren't uh, you can bring a guy back on zero days rest and i mean we've seen it before but he's not going to be himself you bring a guy back on one day rest he has a little bit more of a likelihood to be effective so that absolutely plays a part in this and i think for that very reason that could be that could very well be why we see volks back in this game that's what i think the matchup's going to be and with all that being said I think Superior's pitching staff, especially when they've got the best pitcher in the conference, Ryan Rodriguez, but they also got other guys they can go to in a tight spot. I think Superior wins this game. They're more than happy saying, I'm glad you took two out of three from us in the regular season. We're ready to go now in this one. Uh, they they do have the last ups. Not that that necessarily matters a ton. It might, though, late in the game. Yeah, being being the home hurt. team, it absolutely could. I, I just like Superior in this spot. I've really thought they've been the team to beat pretty much all season long. And uh, I, I think I think they're going to be be tough, and I'll take them in this first round. I just don't think Crown's pitching, even with Volkspec, is going to be enough in this game. He's going to have to go deep. If Superior gets his pitch count up and he has to come out early in this game, it's going to be a disaster for Crown. So give me the Yellow Jackets. There's just a little bit more comfortability, I think, picking them in a game like this in a tournament spot.
also, I mean, I know he's coaching these games, but Coach Repking is a first-year head coach. There's yep. something to be said about that, getting into these spots. Now, Coach Oaks was a first-year head coach last year, and he almost won yep. the whole thing. So I'm not saying he can't be done, but I like the experience that Superior has to get this game and uh, advance. All great points. Before I make my prediction, Wyatt, will you allow me to uh, give you one more hypothetical scenario or have i said the word hypothetical enough tonight already and should i stop saying hypothetical i mean if you could come up with another <laughs> uh way to say it i i mean that'd be possible but scenario. either possible uh, I, either scenario. well i like hypothetical better than that but anyways go <laughs> okay. ahead okay one more for you here let's say crown is down five to one in the third inning and the first two runners reach for superior in the bottom of the third and volkspeck just looks like he doesn't have it at what point do you pull the plug if you're Coach Repkin and his staff and say, okay, we're not giving up on this game, but at the same time, it's not going well. And if we lose, we're going to need to work it all the way back to the loser's bracket and be playing late on Saturday. And we're going to need AVS to win this thing. Do we pull the plug? And we're not, you know, waving the white flag per se, but in a way you are partially saying we're playing for the long game. Like, do you get my drift there of like, what, yeah. what point let's say superior jumps out to an early lead. Do you say this, this ain't worth it. And they, they know him better than we do. And I'm not saying that, you know, they can't read that situation, but it is interesting in that spot. Cause from one token, you can say why what we just said, you got to do everything you can to win that first game. Cause it's so hard to lose your first game and come all the way back. But at the same time, if you have a reality check and you say, all right, this already isn't going our way, we don't want the guy to throw six innings and let up six runs and us never really be in the game against Rodriguez and say, man, we wish we just would have pulled him early and cut our losses, and now we're really behind the eight ball if he throws deep into the game and he may not be able to come back later on in the weekend. I, it's interesting for them specifically because of what we've seen their lineup do at times and how quickly they can strike and score runs. Plus, they have the power of the long ball. So I don't know. I The way I would view it and, and approach it, I guess, is if you're not bringing him back regardless in day two, pitch him to the point where you're comfortable bringing him back on day three, even if it's, you know, I guess a blowout, quote-unquote, if you want to put it that way. Like four or five runs, if... If he's already past the point where you're not bringing him back on day two, keep him rolling and then, you know, take him out, I guess, when you're comfortable at that point, knowing he can come back day three. Does that make sense? Because I doubt you're bringing him back on day two anyways. So why not pitch him a little bit extra if it is a four or five run deficit? Because, I mean, Crown could strike quickly. I mean, it just takes one base run or one swing and all of a sudden it's a two-run game, and it'd be nice having him out there still. So I guess that's the way I would look at it, is if you're already at a point where you're not bringing him back the next day, keep him rolling, and hopefully you can stay within a game. Crazy things happen in playoff baseball, and uh, you definitely don't want to pull the plug too soon on your starter in that particular scenario, which you know is a whole other story with the, how it's approached by some people at different levels. But anyways... For sure, and I think you know they would even say we trust no guy more than him to right the ship, even if it's a bad start for him to buckle down and then get going where the final line may not look great, but he's able to find a way to eventually get into his groove a couple innings into the ball game. So 
again, you know, this is with a grain of salt. I understand that both coaching staffs know their arms way, way better than you and I do, Wyatt. But it's just fascinating when you have a whole weekend where you got to win multiple games. But it almost feels like it's really hard to do it if you don't win the first one. Because, remind me, Wyatt, last year they beat Bethany in the first game. And then... When did, when did their loss come is what I'm trying to think of. Because they came out of the loser's side. They well, beat Northwestern and then lost their next game. Uh, I'm pretty sure they lost their uh, first one, didn't they? Did they actually? And come all the way back? How am I forgetting this? Well, yeah. No, no, they won. You're right. Superior beat them uh, in, in the next. So Northwestern lost to Superior in the 1-4. Bethany lost That's to Crown right. in the 2-3. Northwestern beat Bethany in the elimination game. Superior beat Crown, and then Crown later that night beat Northwestern to end their season, and then ended up winning the next two. So, so Superior did get them before Crown ended up getting the last laugh. Okay, that's fair. Because I don't know if it's ever. I mean, it probably has at some point, but how tough it is, and obviously how worse your odds are to try to go lose the first game and then climb all the way back. I mean, that's yeah. I'm not saying it's impossible, and we'll talk about that uh, in our instant reaction pod, uh, Lord willing, that we're able to record that with uh, where you and I will be both on the road, and maybe we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But we spent enough on this matchup. I will take uh, Superior as well in this ball game, and for the Jackets, I think the main thing is if you don't have to use any other arms and Ryrog can go pretty deep, I think he, more than anyone, Wyatt, has got that you know, belief from UMAC fans and, you know, people around this league to say, even if the guy goes seven, eight, nine innings, I think he can come back on a third day and at oh, least yeah. give you a three, four, five. I well, mean, if there's any guy who can do it, it feels like we, it's him. We thought that was the case last year when we said this is his final year. And so, you yeah. know, and now he's back. So, I mean, <laughs> this you is would the think final, this, final. <laughs> this is the final, final year. So you might as well bring him back. I, I mean, he's a great pitcher. I don't really see him being a guy that's going anywhere after this. You know what I mean? So you might as well. This, this is what he came back for. You might as well ride him and, and let him, you know, do his thing. And so we'll deal with that, though, when we get to that point. I agree, though. If you can get by with one pitcher, and I mean, that's what we were successful with, you know, uh, two years ago at Northwestern, and it was my final year, is not only in the conference tournament did we get complete game efforts, but in the regional we got complete game efforts, and we only had to pitch one guy a game when we were, you know, having success. And when you can do that, it's huge. Yeah, yeah, when you don't have to dig into your bullpen and you get guys that are going complete games, that's huge. That that will absolutely be something worth monitoring uh, here this weekend. And that's another reason why I think Superior is the team to beat. They're more capable than anybody else in the field of getting that. Fair points. That's what makes this so fascinating, Wyatt. All the tentacles of this, it's not just, ah, we played two games on the first day and uh, let us know at the end of the day who won and lost and we'll move on from there. No, there's so much more to it because it's got to be a full weekend performance to hoist the hardware, as it should yeah, be in a league but, that is unlike any and, other. And one last thing for Crown, the game isn't played on paper. I know we had that paper pop that yeah. Ryan gave, but guess what? <laughs> it's played out there on the field for a reason. Go prove us wrong. And uh, yeah. do your thing. You're the defending champs. I mean, they're more than capable. We're oh, not absolutely. saying they can't win. We wouldn't be super surprised. I mean, they won two out of three for crying out loud this past weekend. What's the big difference in the wrench? I number thirteen for the Jackets. Correct. So. Absolutely. And I mean, I feel comfortable saying I'm not going to be shocked at all with any one of those three. The top three winning it. Morris might be a little bit surprising if they were to win the whole thing, but they're yeah. certainly also capable as well. So I mean, that's how balanced. 
this conference tournament is this year. Speaking of Morris Wyatt, you want to talk about those cardiac cats? They made yeah. it into the field. They can pat themselves on the back a bit. I mean, they're going to, you know, flip the switch and I'll be ready to roll later on this week and say, all right, we're not just trying to be the team that strolls in here, happy to be here and uh, smell the roads and soak in all the sights and sounds from ISG Field and then just say, uh, well, let us know when we got to leave, but uh, don't pinch us yet and wake us up from this dream. No, that's not what's happening. They, they feel like they compete and can compete, excuse me, and, and why not? But it's a tall test to face Bethany on their home field in that first game of the tournament. That being said, let's look back at the results this season between these two clubs, Wyatt. Morris has a win. Okay, Bethany, as you mentioned, only lost three times in conference play. In their first meeting of the season, Morris won a slugfest, 11-10 over Bethany. Jacobson went five and two-thirds, and then they really got to the bullpen. And the guy I talked about, Brian Vanio, I think he's got to be great. They won that ball game, and he didn't even make it through five innings wide. He threw yeah. four and two-thirds, let up three runs in that ball game. So those are just a bunch of numbers, but it's leading me to my question, Wyatt. If Morris is going to win this ball game, does it have to be kind of a slugfest in a game that gets messy, multiple bullpen arms, long, potentially three-plus-hour game? Can you see a scenario where it's possibly something not like that, meaning we assume it's going to be Brian Vanio, the Irish product of Rosemount High School. We assume he's going to be the guy that goes. Could they possibly win a game actually in that spot where he carries them, or is it going to have to get a little scattered, if you will, in that ballgame? I I, uh, I think it's the exact opposite of what you just kind of brought up with all the numbers and stuff in the high-scoring game. Morris is to win this game. It's all on Vanyo's shoulders, and uh, he's he's gonna have to be excellent on the mound. That is how you pronounce it, right, Vanyo? Yeah, V A N Y O. I don't know how so else like we a yo, it. like a yo yo, Vanyo, Vanyo, yo yo. Okay, just his nickname. Yo yo, yo yo is gonna be out there, and he's gonna be you know he's gonna have to try and dice him up. But anyways, hey, okay. I I, I do think that is the key to success for them. Not that they can't score because we've seen it all year. They can score against anybody. I just think in a tournament setting like this, pitching and defense tends to win games and you got to have great performances from your guys at the top so they're going to need a complete effort from him I think they need to lead early in this game you don't want to get behind against Bethany on their field let them get confidence and let them get rolling so I think that's another big piece to this and like I said I mean Bauman is certainly a guy that's got to lead the way at that side of the plate but also uh, and I don't want to say his name wrong uh, Muser uh, I'm assuming the sophomore out of Burnsville Ben Muser I think I think that's correct. Yes. Are you well? Morris was there, right? So I mean, you probably had yeah, to say his name I once or twice user. when you I did broadcast. Yes. I, <laughs> so, I, sh- I should know. You would hope I know. Yeah. You need like a maybe a bomb from him or something. I mean, the dude. I mean, yeah. is just raking this year. Uh, I mean, him and Bauman's OPS is just off the charts. So uh, I don't know. You're gonna have to get some power. I would say you, you need one of those things to happen for sure. You either have to get a lead early. You need to hit a bomb or two in this game, or you got to have uh, Yo-Yo, as we now have nicknamed him, go out there and have a heck of a pitching performance, assuming he gets the start. And I really don't see, looking at their staff, why it would be anybody but him. So one of yep. those three things, if not two of those things, have to happen, in my opinion, for Morris to get this win. And it'd be a pretty big upset if it were to happen. But here's a little stat for you, Ryan. You ready for this? This might be stat of the night. Going back to my sophomore year, not counting the COVID year, which was my junior year because we didn't have a conference tournament that year, but since my sophomore year, there have been 
three conference tournaments. In two of those three years, the four seed has beat the one in the wow. opening game. It happened last year when Superior beat Northwestern. Yeah. It happened my sophomore year as well when Superior beat Scholastica back when the Saints were still in the conference. So it it absolutely Superior, I guess they they're the team that's done it, but they don't have a, you know, a copyright to that. Somebody else could do it as well. It's yeah. possible, is all I'm saying for for Morris fans. So there's the good news and there's maybe something to get you excited about. We've seen more chaos than non-chaos in the last couple of conference tournaments it seems like so with all that being said i'm taking bethany to win the game i, I, I said <laughs> set that up it was a great big I, hey and you know go it'd be great if morris can prove me wrong but it, how do you go against the team that's hosting it i, I mean they truly are lots hosting of pressure it. though why there is pressure maybe that's why those two teams have lost two out of the last three years i mean that's heavy on your shoulders. Maybe all this that we're saying, Bethany should have actually, you know, said, you know what, we want to take a dive. Maybe they should have dove against <laughs> wow. Central and lost a I couple mean, games and tried to get the two. I don't. This I don't really know. is next level stuff. <laughs> I mean, we're really diving into it here tonight now. But, uh, anyways, all that to be said, I just, yeah, I, Bethany's got a lot of experience, Ryan. They're going to be ready for a spot like this, and and a lot of guys that can both get it done at the plate, in the field, on the mound. Like, I just I don't see a scenario where they're going to lose this game. So I, I will take the Vikings. I think the one seed does get it done this time around, unlike the last couple of years. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be Bethany and Superior uh, eventually playing on Friday for the right to be uh, the team that has to get beat twice in, in the conference championship, if you will. So that's the way I see it going. I, I think Bethany gets this game. What, what say you? Yeah, I mean, for the Vikings, there's no lack of motivation and lack of energy going into that ball game. That's for sure. And you know, I mean, who do you start in this ball game? Wyatt, I guess would be my question. Yeah, they, for you. do you do you go Merton? Do you go Curtis, the old guy? Do you go Jacobson? Okay, okay, hey, stop, stop calling these college kids old guys. You did that with <laughs> Newman last year too. I mean, come on. I said they're... old man. There's a difference. Well, old, old guy, old and man, old and man. old man. They're they're separate. They're separate <laughs> things. But uh, they're. Bethany is the one team that you could maybe make a case could not start, say, their supposed number one, which I don't even know. Is it Merton at this point? I mean, I know Jacobson for a while. Is Jacobson has the best ERA, I mean, for what it's worth. He's thrown 40 innings, and he has an ERA south of four. I mean, Curtis and Merton yeah, are both I, above five, so I, 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 definitely, I thought Merton looked dynamite when I saw him in person this year, though, for yeah. what it's worth. His stuff looked the best to me live. But. Well, and again, I think they all can be extremely effective and, and a number one at times. I would be shocked if it's Curtis. I, I think it's either going to be Merton or Jacobson, and I probably would say just a gut feeling that Jacobson gets the ball in this game. He is the best strikeout stuff, easily the most strikeouts. So I, I guess I'd say you give it to him, and then you feel really comfortable coming back with Merton in the next you know game against superior i guess knowing what he's capable of i don't know bethany has the the most unique situation before the tournament starts in that aspect knowing that you know you're the one seed and theoretically you could take a different approach let's say i think it'd be crazy for any other team in the field to do that bethany maybe could get away with that i don't think it really matters which one they start i still think they're going to win the game and uh, i would say it's either gonna be merton or jacobson for sure well, and that's what's unique too, Wyatt, is you can make a case for all of them and how to sort it, not just because you're the one seed and you like where you're sitting with that matchup and how the weekend potentially plays out, but 
they're different than Superior Crown and Morris. There is no like surefire this guy's on another level for a number one. And their three names that we just listed in Merton, Curtis, and Jacobson, they're all tighter than any other rotation. I mean, would you agree? Like Vanyo, easily yeah. the number one for Morris. Rodriguez, we've already talked about him. And then AVS, easily the number one guy for the Polars. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, especially I think with Morris and Crown as far as a number one goes. Um, it's interesting with Superior because I think Tappy can be almost just as crazy as that sounds. I think he can be almost just as effective as Rodriguez. And I think the numbers back that up. So it's a little bit closer with Superior with the first two, let's say. But then once you get that third guy in there, I agree. I think all three of those guys for Bethany, I don't think another team necessarily has that going into this tournament. So I'll be very interested to see how they approach that. And if they would ever consider bringing one of those guys out of the bullpen, let's say, if the spot, let's say, uh, you know, uh, warranted it. So uh, I'll be very curious with that. I, I still don't think it necessarily matters who. I think Bethany's going to win this game. And I think, you know, as great as the Cardiac Cats have been this year, and it's been fun to watch, it's all been good. I just, I don't think they're going to have the magic in this one. That's fair. That's totally fair. And uh, if you're Morris fans going on down to Mankato, we know there's going to be some of them. I mean, if the t-shirts haven't been already made, maybe you can do some requested like fast processing and get to your local t-shirt shop in Morris, wherever they are. Make the t-shirts, Cardiac Cats, and you know, maybe that's trademarked by someone else. But have fun with it, all right? And maybe it's going to take another come-from-behind performance. I think, Wyatt, if they are going to be playing on Saturday or maybe it's Sunday, if they're going to be playing on the final day of the tournament, they will have to have at least one of those cardiac cat-like performances where they are down by three-plus runs going into the seventh inning, and they're going to have to come up with some late-inning magic. I don't I don't see another way. Yeah. But also, if you're a Cougar fan, hey, that's, that's right where they like their opponents to be. So if I'm a Morris fan, Wyatt, tell me if this is ridiculous, but... If you could sign up for you're down five to two going into the seventh on Thursday night, do you take it? If you're down five to two going down into the five seventh? to two, and and let's just say to make it really interesting, both starters, well, Bethany's starters done. Vanio maybe has another inning or two in him, but you're down five two, but you're in Bethany's bullpen going down the stretch. All the pressure on Bethany to hang on to that uh, lead. I mean, no, I don't take it, <laughs> but okay. I, I guess I mean it could be worse. Yep. I mean, if you're telling me I have to have that, then <laughs> I, I guess, yeah, it could be worse. It doesn't and have to be still, that way. You're they still right. have a chance to win the game at that point. So I, I yeah. guess that's not the worst thing in the world. Because I, th- I think there is a scenario. I mean, just, you know, with the pressure, that's, I guess the pressure's on Bethany, like I said before, and I would stick with that. But, you know, you could be down 7-1 to one after 5. And I don't think that's totally ridiculous either if Bethany just comes out with their hair on fire and the place is just absolutely rocking and Vanio has some struggle with his control early. Here's one next-level thing that I will say, Wyatt. I think Morris's defense is going to have to make some exceptional plays to win this ball game because as good as Vanio is, he's a pitch-to-contact guy. Not a lot of punch-outs. He's not going to blow you away with really good stuff when he gets ahead in the count. These Bethany hitters are really, really good. They're hard to strike out. I don't think it's going to be if he has a really good game where it's going to be 8, 9, 10 punch-outs. I think it's going to be we're going to look back and say, wow, Bauman was absolutely flying around the infield at short, making lawn throws in the hole and making things happen. And then in the outfield, they're ranging everywhere and making things happen there. I think they're going to have to have some exceptional defense to win this ball game. 
I think it is close going down the stretch, but I uh, think Bethany holds on. But I think this thing is compelling. I'm going to say Bethany wins the ball game six to four, and uh, we have some good opening day baseball. Yeah, no, I agree. I think both games will be really good. Now, I mean, both these teams are so good, all four of them, that there is a capability for a blowout in any one of these. But I also think they both could be great games, and that's what I'm hopeful for. So should be a great day on Thursday, and you're going to have a, a beautiful spot for it. You know, you're going to get to see all the action all weekend long. Little, and uh, speaking of... Yep, if I make spe- it down there. Yep. Yeah, you're going to make it down, Ryan. Stop <laughs> stop saying that. I mean, the UMAC is going to be very disappointed if you don't make it down there. So Yeah, <laughs> yep. Yeah, with that being said, let, let's look at the weekend as a whole. So after these games, and we don't have to give our huge like rundown of all of them, we can just quickly pick them. How do you see yep. the rest of the conference tournament playing out? All right, so let's uh, just go to the winner's bracket first, Wyatt. Both you and I have Bethany playing against Superior. That game would be taking place if everything stays equal. Well, no, let's go in order. I'm sorry. I'm going to switch up what I just said. Elimination game, Crown versus Morris, 1 o'clock on Friday afternoon. You want me to pick this one first? Crown and Morris, I can pick it if you want. I'll take Crown okay, in the game. I think Morris' season comes to an end. They could easily win this game, don't get me wrong. But I just, uh, Crown, again, is the, the longer a tournament goes on, the scarier they become because, you know, their, their pitching doesn't necessarily hurt them, if that makes sense, because a lot of teams get down and you just you don't have a ton of options to go to. And again, look at Morris's pitching specifically. I think this is a bad matchup for Morris because after Vanyo, they just don't have a lot that you can truly trust and go to. I think Crown could be in for a really big offensive day coming off of a loss. So I think Crown gets it done. Uh, the four seed is the first team to leave, but hats off to the Cougars on what has been a phenomenal season if that were to happen. Yeah, I think this is super interesting, Wyatt, and if this matchup happens, I think it gets hairy. I, I don't see any way that this is a 3-2 to two or 4-3 to three ball game in an elimination spot with Morris against Crown. I think this is high scoring, and there's lots of question marks with the pitching staff. Now, I will say, I think you could argue Morris likes the spot they're in more than Crown with the unknown for their number two, and this is why I say that. Joey Reinerts, I think, is for sure their number two, six-foot junior right-hander out of Tino Grace High School. I think he's been pretty good as of late, and you like what you're seeing. I mean, you can argue that one of his tougher matchups on the year against UW Superior last month, uh, four starts ago, six and a third, three earned runs, had his team in a position to win the ballgame, okay? Has he faced Crown this year yet? No. But over his last multiple starts, he's gone at least six innings wide, and his last four starts this season, and in no game has he allowed more than three runs. That, that is putting your team in a position to win. And again, he is similar to Vanyo. It's not going to be blow-you-away strikeout stuff. So the defense is going to have to be really, really good for Morris, and it's going to have to travel. But I think he puts you in a good spot. And I think it gets to a point where it's late in the ballgame, and Morris is trying to hang on with the bullpen. And whatever arms they got coming out, don't sleep on Alex Bauman. He's a guy who can close out a ball game for this club. He's done it times before in his career, and he may be asked to do so to try to keep their season alive. Four saves on the season. I think this ball game, why it comes down to, he's on the mound late and they're up by one, and can they hang on? Or does Crown's offense find a way? I'm going to go different than you. I'm going to say Morris is going to win this ball game. They're going to hang on seven to six over Crown, and this is a fantastic elimination game. But the team who won the title a season ago doesn't pick up a win this weekend in Mankato. And I could be totally wrong and prove me wrong, Polars, because these things could go any which direction. But I think there's a path where they don't win. 
Wow. Wow. That three-letter <laughs> word, it's all I got, man, is wow. I I don't disagree. It could happen. And I, I don't know. You really lined out a very specific outcome there, too, I, thinking that Morris can be up one. Maybe they bring Bauman in late. I don't, I don't think you're giving and, enough credit to Reinerts. I, I think he's going to stymie the polar lineup a little bit. And now, again, they get a long ball or two. This is all a mute point because I think he's going to have to work around traffic on the base paths and big spots who comes up in the clutch. But crown it's just who's who's the number two i i don't know exactly and it, it could be the guy we talked about earlier is it going to be jefferson barmoy i don't know we may see him we'll find out i guess okay so we have both uh picked who will be advancing and staying alive so now let's go to uh the matchup we both have bethany against superior why about wyatt excuse me how about this Middle matchup and what we hope will be three games that are played on Friday. Do you have the host in the catbird seat or the team who you earlier stated was the best team coming into this weekend? Do you have Superior going 2-0? Again, assuming this is the matchup, we'll talk more about it before it actually takes place, like when we recap the first-round games. But I do think Superior would win this game. That's my gut feeling right now. And again, that's uh, assuming Tappy's the guy that starts. Let's say they have to use him in that first round game against Crown. Maybe they bring him back and have him start the next day. Who knows? I I just think that Superior is a more complete team. And I just think they're going to find a way to get it done. I really do. Correct me if I'm wrong. They took two out of three against Bethany in the regular season, correct? They did. That's what we were alluding to earlier. They won the series. So... I, I just think Superior will be able to get to Bethany's lineup. And this is also where it depends on who starts, Merton or Jacobson, in that first round. But assuming one of them does, you know, you throw the other one, let's say, and start them in this game, then what do you do out of the bullpen? I, I'd be a little concerned about that, I guess. I'm a, a Bethany fan or, or you know, a, a spectator, and I just, I'd be a little bit more comfortable with what Superior has coming out of the bullpen and the options that they can go to. So I would say my gut feeling right now is they are the team to beat. They're going to win this game and be in a uh, position to go win the whole thing. Would you like to know what Matt Tappy did against Bethany earlier this season? Would that be helpful? I mean, sure. (laughs) I've already made my prediction, but if you want to throw it out there for the listeners, feel free. I know you have. So, reminder, Bethany won the first game of the series, but then Superior came back and got to work. But Rodriguez didn't start game one. I mean, they saved him for game two, so that's kind of interesting. So this series opened up earlier this season with Ben Welly actually throwing the first game, and he you know, did pretty good. Six innings, let up three runs, but they lost that game. They actually saved Tappy in this series, Wyatt, for the final game of the series. He only went five innings. Let up three runs, four hits, but five walks. His control was not in order. Struck out four. But then their bullpen threw four shutout innings. And you look on the other side for Bethany when they had struggles of Curtis allowing five runs, their bullpen was also really good. They didn't give up any runs. So I think both of these bullpens are slept on a little bit too. And when I got to see Bethany earlier this year in person, they got a lot of swing and miss stuff out of that bullpen and underclassmen who are really, really comfortable. They got so many lefties too. I mean, I talked about this earlier this year. But in the lineup and out of the bullpen as well, I mean, if you're superior... Crown, Morris, whoever plays Bethany, I mean, you better be ready to face a lot of southpaws uh, over the course of the weekend. And, of course, they already know that coming in. So I think this one also gets into the later innings and potentially you could have both starters out of the game. And I say potentially because we know what Matt Tappy's done so far this year. I do think it's interesting that he was not 
on his top game. It's probably a contest he wants back, even though his club won earlier this season against Bethany. Can he be better than that? Because if Bethany kicks him out early, I think Bethany's winning the game if it's tight down the stretch and it's going any direction and Tappy's out of the ball game. I am going to go with Bethany in this one. I think it's really, really tight, but uh, I worry about Tappy if he can't go late. Where this ball game goes, I like Bethany's bullpen a lot, and I think they headline this win. I'll throw out a number. I'll say they win 6-4, another tight ball game. Okay, so if that's the case, then your matchup is Morris and Superior then in yep. the loser side with the right to go back to the championship. Friday night. Yep. So since we have two completely different matchups, just quickly give me yours as far as how you see it going. Who is Bethany going to play then and have to get beat by uh, twice on Saturday? Yeah, I uh, I believe the run ends here for Morris. They do get one win on the weekend, but uh, Superior licks their wounds, and that's a tough spot to be in, Wyatt. I mean, you win your first game, and that's nice, but you lose, and then whatever you got, half hour, 40 minutes, whatever it is, you got to get back on the field and play again. Like, that's not easy, but I like their one through three more than anyone else, and we've talked about how good their pitching staff is, and this could be a guy like Ben Welly in this spot, and we talk a lot about Tappy and Rodriguez, and for good reason. But Welly's been pretty good as well in spots for them to give him some innings. So I feel like they have enough pitching to get over the hump in that ball game, and uh, they move on to Saturday, and Morris falls in this one. And I think this is a little bigger variance. I'm going to say uh, the superior lineup does some damage against Morris, breaks out a little bit as it's Morris's second ball game. I'll say they win 9-4. to four. You're even giving score predictions. See, I'm not. I'm not going that that in depth okay. tonight. I, you know, I just <laughs> like numbers. Yep. I know, I know. I'm just saying we're going to get these games again later on, so that's why I'm not giving my score predictions. But I have Bethany and Crown in this matchup, and I really want to take Crown, but I'm but. not going to. <laughs> I'm going to take Bethany. I just something tells me Bethany is going to be the team that wins this one, and they'll take on. So I we each have the one and the two playing each other just it's different just route. different yep. different routes exactly and different uh, positioning but yeah it would not shock me at all if crown again they're more than capable of running the table and winning this thing i think if the right things are to happen but i think uh they're, they're gonna get eliminated and uh they will fall short of uh, going back to back this year and just one thing to keep in mind off of what you said you had mentioned uh that it's tough to lose a game and then go back and play right away in 30 40 minutes Remember, Crown did that last year, and that's, you know, the game that Volkspec, correct me if I'm wrong, stole the show, kind of, you know, burst onto the scene, and next thing you know, Crown knocks off Northwestern, and they're going, you know, back on uh, Saturday and or Sunday or whatever it was, and then they end up winning those two as well. So it is doable. It's tough, I agree, but it is certainly possible that a team could do that. It is, and that's a good point, Wyatt. If we see something similar this year, like you're not down and out in that spot for sure. So we both have the same two teams advancing to the final day. Again, you and I hope it's Saturday. Lots of people hope it's Saturday. We don't want to be playing on Mother's Day, but, hey, Mother Nature may uh, ruin Mother's Day, so uh, we'll wait and see. Wow. Not ruin well, it, I mean, <laughs> yeah, what, what is that supposed to mean? You can't celebrate hey, Mother's Day? 
Well, guess what, Wyatt? People like myself and others, I'm sure, are going to say, okay, once this is done, like, yeah, it's sad, you know, the tournament's over, but now we can move on and we can go celebrate mom properly. Because not everyone mm. will be able to celebrate mom at the ballpark during baseball. So I'll just leave that there and not get into any more details on that. So you have Bethany moving into this contest, though, on the final day. They got to win two games. And you got superior in the catbird seat, as our guy, guy likes to say. I'm the opposite. I got Bethany coming in 2-0, Superior coming in at 2-1. But both you and I in this scenario have Ryan Rodriguez coming back on one-day rest. So you have Ryrod getting the ball, at least I would assume why, and I'll hand it over to you here, getting the ball in that first game with a chance to lock it up, not even have to see the seventh game of the weekend. They finish it up on the first game on the final day. And I have getting the ball trying to keep their season alive so do you think in that spot they throw him no i don't i'm not in game one if if it were to get to a game two or even if it's close let's say in game one you could bring him out of the bullpen you don't start him in that spot knowing you have another game to play with bethany they're the ones that are in desperation all cards are on the table the chips are in the middle if you will so no i'm not throwing rodriguez in that spot uh, it'll depend on how the games go, of course, leading into that one. But just theoretically, I don't really see a scenario where he gets thrown. All that okay. to be said, Bethany will have played three games at this point. We know yep. who their top three pitchers are. They will have all been used. They're they're going to be running out of options at this point. And Superior, uh, look, they've got a good hitting team themselves. I think Superior's going to win game one. And I think wow. Superior wins all three. I think they sweep it. I don't think wow. we get the winner-take-all game this year. And the Yellow Jackets, under Coach Oaks in his second season, clinched their spot in the NCAA tournament this year. I think Superior is going to go 1-2-3 and head to the NCAA tournament. Redemption for what happened last year. So uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll be wrong, but that's how I see it going. Yeah, learning their lesson, if they will, Wyatt, and saying we're not even going to let it get to that second game. Because e- even if you got Ryrod in your back pocket and you like the spot that you're, you're in, you know something in the back of their head would be saying again, Coach Oaks and his assistants, even if they don't speak it super loud and it's just amongst themselves. Man, why why do we let it get to this game? Bethany on their home field, pressure's on us now. Are we going to do it for the second straight year where we're sitting in the catbird seat going into the final day of the tournament and again we can't cash in? All those thoughts flood in, Wyatt if you have to play the second game. And now I'm not saying it's impossible for them to go out and win because, hey, look no further to what Ryrod did earlier this season against Bethany, as we mentioned earlier. I mean, he was more than dynamite in that ball game in which he went the distance and put the team on his back in, in that ball game. And he actually went seven innings. My apologies, but, you know, really good performance. So they're not dead if they go on that spot. But I feel like there's some pressure, Wyatt, even though you're undefeated, whichever team that is, going into that matchup where you're 2-0. If you let it get to the second game, would you almost in, let's say, you know, most circumstances, every circumstance is different, but whether it's a crown last year or in this spot in your hypothetical, if it's a Bethany this year, getting it to the second game, do you favor that team who won moments ago, you know, removing pitching and how everything else is set up more times than not? Are they the team that you would ride with because they have the momentum and all of a sudden all the pressures on the other team to say, man, we can't let this thing slip. Um, I mean, yes, in most cases, not this one, though. Okay. And the reason why is not only do you have Rodriguez, you would have Tappy, too, theoretically, in able relief. to go. You got two guys, yeah, that that are, mm-hmm. I, again, I think could be one and two. 
in, in the conference. And I, I think it's just a lot to deal with if you're Bethany. You know, I, again, that's where the extra game is huge in this spot because let's say it gets to the winner-take-all game. In the scenario I have, Superior still only played three. Bethany's played four games. So they, they're going on game number five. And, and, I mean, you just only have so many options and guys that are on short rest, whereas Superior, you still have two guys theoretically that didn't pitch already in that first game that can come back out and give it their all in game two. Still got to feel pretty good about your chances. So, no, I would not. I, I It'd be a really uphill climb for anybody to have to try and beat Superior twice on Saturday if Superior is to go 2-0. That's fair. I mean, you, you like the way their pitching sets up in the, if they're in that spot for sure, only having played two games going into the final day of the whole event. This is so interesting with where the pitching would sit going into this matchup because I have Ryrod coming back. But the big question is, I mean, why the dream scenario for Superior, you jump on Crown early and you put Rodriguez in a spot where he doesn't have to go a complete game. And even if he does, it's it's stress-free innings and it's not a ton of work on him because if you get in a spot where you're up four or five runs, I mentioned the hypothetical for Crown on day one, it's similar for Bethany, Bethany, excuse me, Superior. Do you take out Rodriguez early and start looking ahead and saying, yeah, if we can save a few innings until the last day of the tournament, that'd be real nice. And in my scenario, it would especially be real nice because you'll be going into that final day where, you know what, you're going to want everything you can get out of them because you got to win two ball games in this scenario that I have set up. So can they do it? Yeah, absolutely they could. I'm going to say they win game one. I don't know exactly how much they get out of Rodriguez, and I shouldn't go into too much detail because we're going to preview all this as it happens and after day two results. So if they're going to find a way to get it done in game one, you know why I would not ever say that this isn't going to go seven games. Oh, I, mean, I know. Oh, regardless, I know. whoever I set this up, there's going to be two games on Saturday. So you're going to have Bethany trying to hang on on the final day, win the back half of the double dip, superior trying to turn the tables from what happened to them last year. They're going to give Bethany a taste of what they went through a season ago out at Reynolds Field. And I'm going to say Bethany wins. I think this is a fantastic Saturday, two really, really tight ball games. But I keep saying it. I said it earlier. I'll say it again. Don't sleep on the Bethany bullpen especially the underclassmen that they have coming out of there. They've never seen a moment like this. Don't get me wrong, but I think they learned from what happened earlier this season against Superior, and the bullpen is the key because if you're going to come back and you're obviously you know going to be in this position where you lose game one, you're hanging your heads a bit, you're going to be looking, all right, everybody's up. Anyone who's on the roster who has an arm that's still working, you got to be rearing and available to go. I don't know how many guys that they throw, but it's at least three-plus guys that they throw in that final game, and they get it done in a all-time classic, Wyatt. It's 6-5. Uh, to five. They win the ball game in 12 innings as uh, somehow, someway, we finish baseball late on Saturday, but on Saturday. That's the hope, at least in my opinion. I know it's your hope. Just so you know, it can still be a great tournament even if we don't get to the winner-take-all game. It doesn't have to. Yep happen for it to be i mean it could still be a legendary kind of tournament so uh don't don't have your your complete but, but game, you know game seven Wyatt. there's nothing like it people say best two words in sports and i know this isn't a series between two games but still it's still reaching a game seven in a three-day stretch game seven best two words in sports i agree it's good stuff but uh yeah no we'll uh, obviously have stuff to recap and 
things to go over. Looking forward to those first two games. I'll try and keep my tabs on them, but I got NSIC action to cover. Yeah, look at uh, you, so, covering D2. Why going know? up a level? Big time baseball. I, I'm just watching some baseball out in Mankato. <laughs> you're, you're next level out in... Where is I, it, Bismarck, you said? They, they're in Bismarck and Mandan how, this how'd year. They decide, how'd they decide Bismarck? The University what, what is that of, about? The University of Mary got to host this year. <laughs> um, it's been, which I, it sounds like the coaches are kind of happy about. And again, okay. I'm not saying that their shots being fired at like uh, Sioux Falls or Oxnard or wherever it's been, but sounds like it's a pretty good location. I've looked up the fields, some nice fields. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It looks like one is turf and the other is grass, which I don't know how that you huh. can do that, but... I'll investigate farther. I'll get back to you on that and figure yeah. out what the deal is with we'll, that. We'll but. have a mini NCIC instant reaction as well. N- NSIC. NSIC. Yeah, come on. Say, <laughs> say it right if you're going to say it. But yeah, Clearly, no, I don't cover the league. We yeah. can we can definitely talk about the Golden Eagles of uh, the University of Minnesota Crookston and see see how they're oh, doing. Man. But uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll keep tabs on when I can. And I look forward to having some more conversations about this later in the week. But one thing's for sure. These conference tournaments never disappoint, and there's always something that we never expect happening that happens. So, excited to see what that is this year. Yeah, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to bring the people to instant reactions as as we always do. But we're rolling the dice a bit, because both you and I will be on the road, but we'll have our equipment and everything. But but just giving people a heads up, we are dedicated to this, and we're going to do everything we possibly can. And uh, we'll just see what happens. We're going to be relying on some uh, internet that's not our own, and <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I, I shouldn't be predicting then. it's not going to work, but you know, it, it is a you roll sound, of the dice a you little do, bit. You do sound a little <laughs> nervous about it, though. Yeah, I we don't know for sure what's going to happen, but uh, we'll, we'll do our best. Is basically what I'm saying. Why? And I'm saying we're dedicated. Okay, we could just say we're already busy enough. We're on the road. There's too many other things going on. We'll just talk at the end of the tournament. But no. No, that's, <laughs> no, that, that's it. Just we want no. more than that. Yeah, <laughs> all right, we're dedicated. <laughs> I, I, you, you, you got it. At this point, take us out. Take us out. At this point, folks, this is the best week of the whole season. Soak it in. Smell the roses, and uh, we hope that at the end of the week we will be handing not wide and I, but uh, the UMAC will be handing the hardware out to a deserved winner out in Mankato would encourage you to make it on down there if you're able to do so if not uh, check out the live stream I think it should be pretty good all things considered if you're listening to this and are going to be down in Mankato and you want to say hi to the guy broadcasting the ball games you see me walking around uh, I would love to talk to you that's uh, serious I'm not being sarcastic there so yeah I'm looking forward to a uh, great weekend out in Mankato and uh, should be fun and uh, yeah wide and I will be talking though and we'll be breaking it all down, ball games and other ballpark shenanigans, all of it later on this week. Instant reactions coming way. Take a moment. Really enjoy what's going on this week, folks, because before you know it, it'll all be over with, and we will be in the offseason. But for now, it is the peak of baseball in the league that truly is unlike any other. <laughs>